you always understand in these positions that you're going to take a lot of criticism and especially in this day and age i mean the platforms that are out there for people to to just you know lambaste you it's it's they're all out there. well i haven't missed this first talk radio in four or five years what's going on bulls fans welcome to another episode of chicago bulls central and we just got a few things to talk to you guys about this we will mainly be focusing on the john paxson interview over on uh stacy king's podcast um what is it give me the hot sauce i think is what it's called um it's my first time i actually listened to that podcast i didn't even know he had one i'm definitely going to be tuned in more often now but uh to take away and come off that so i know we've there's been a lot of talk on whether the bulls were going to go after or possibly sign paul Millsap. He actually ended up signing with the Nets, um, you know, and that makes sense. When you look at like where Paul Millsap's career is, he's a veteran um, and it, that gives him a way better chance to actually get a ring if that was his focus. But the fact that the Bulls were considered, even considered um, there was some interest there from him, uh, I think just bodes well for how this organization and the way that it's viewed is being changed. And, you know, that continues to be something with AK and Eversley and what they're doing for this um, for this franchise. And, you know, it. We were we were in contention. And so, you know, and the thing with Paul Millsap is, is he was going to be more than likely if he signed here, a guy who comes in, he fills a role, he plays some minutes for us. But he was more so, you know, you wanted that veteran presence uh, on the bench. And, you know, I'm, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Bulls do to really to get us more big men to shore up that that big man lineup. Because, like I said before on the episode, if there's a major injury to either either Patrick Williams or Vooch, um, we're fucked in the front court just to put it to put it frank um it completely throws off everything else that we could possibly do with our with our lineup so you know i i have if nothing else ak and eversley have shown that we need to trust in them um in this offseason and they're going to do what they can and what's in the best interest of the team and so because of that you know I, i'm not i'm not too worried about it right now now you know you but you can't bet on health that that's the thing you don't really want to bet on everyone's going to be able to stay healthy if they can, so be it. Or maybe they just see more. Maybe, you know, uh, Semenovich is going to, maybe they're planning on him playing more minutes. Maybe he showed them enough to where they think that they're going to be able to make him a rotation player instead of sending him to the D-League D possibly. Maybe, um, you know, maybe maybe the people, the the big men that we do have on the roster that they have more faith in. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, either way, you would like to think or it looks like it seems like they're going to have to add some type of big man to this roster um whether it's through training camp uh or during the season and you know that we'll just continue to monitor that and see what they end up doing now um something that that happened that kind of went as fast as it came is that lamarcus aldridge uh who was cleared to play basketball there was reported some interest from the bulls there and even you know i think the same day that it was tweeted out about a couple of hours later it was said that he's actually going to be signing back with the nets which which makes sense considering how his career ended um and you know him thinking that he wasn't going to be medically cleared everything kind of tracks there and so um it just it makes sense and it makes sense for him i just it you know for as a bulls fan you when you hear that there's some mutual interest there with lamarcus aldridge you think that may be a perfect big man to add um but there's still you know maybe there's a trade that we don't see you know I, we've talked about as a as a fandom we talked a little bit about about it on this podcast that uh boogie cousins is still an option there i know and i understand why there's some issues or hesitation when it comes to Boogie Cousins and I understand those completely. But when you look at like having a third or fourth big man off the bench in Boogie, or maybe if he's relied on a little bit more for that at the beginning of the season, while the younger, younger guys prove themselves, you can do a lot worse than Boogie. And you know, yeah, he doesn't stay healthy all the time. Yeah. The injury is going to hinder him some, but you were thinking like 
and what the Bulls may need him to do that he should be able to fill that pretty well. But I guess we'll, that'll remain, remain to be seen. Um, you know, I, and I've presented this question on an episode before, but I'm going to represent it now with the new information given. Considering LaMarcus Aldridge isn't coming here, Millsap is already signed. Does that make you reevaluate for anyone who was against the signing of Boogie Cousins before? Does this now put him to the front of the line for you? Um, and if not, you know, who else would you, would you guys like to see the Bulls go after to kind of fill in that big man hole like almost every other position when we're all healthy is kind of taken care of and, and filled to a degree like you know ball's gonna play a lot of minutes Russo can fill in some minutes there Kobe White is, is of course gonna fill in um a lot you would think a lot of the backup minutes there as as one of the first guards off the bench when he is back healthy and what he can do scoring wise and if he doesn't then uh, you know I think that pretty much tells us what's gonna happen with Kobe White in the future but you know Almost everything, the wing is pretty much shored up as well. Um, both positions on the wing. It's just that big man position that really, and let me let me be clear. When I say that one serious line, uh, injury to our, our front man rotation can completely fuck up our lineup, I just mean by that, like, we'll have to play smaller. People are going to have to play out of position, uh, what that can do. But don't get me wrong. An injury to, to Ball, an injury to Levine, an injury to, and that goes without saying for most NBA teams. Very few NBA teams. Can, let me not say sustain. They can sustain depending on how the, the roster construction is, but it's not like it's not going to be felt if a major injury comes to one of their starters. So, you know, we'll see what the Bulls do. AK and Eversley has, have I said, earned my trust. I don't know if they've earned you guys. It seems like the fandom pretty much earned that trust. Uh, but we'll we'll continue to be to watch out and see what goes on there. Now, next thing I want to talk about is this John Paxson interview. And so it was a really great listen. It's, it, you know, and I think for me, the biggest thing is that John Paxson seems really reflective on his time as the Bulls. And, you know, I know a lot of people have said, uh, you know, just listening to some of the reactions from this interview is like, oh, he has some revisionist history. He has this. I don't I don't take it that way. Like listening to it, he's, it seems sincere. And to me, the way that I took it personally wasn't that it was try, he, he was trying to do revisionist history. He was trying to paint it in a different light than what things happen. I just think that he's gained new perspective being separated from that position and also seeing like what how the fan base has reacted to uh, AK and Eversley and what they've done and the new excitement that they've brought in and just as them being new eyes as well and like uh, not being as as attached to some of the players that they drafted. You know, and him him talking about um, AK and just saying that, you know, he gets frustrated and angry with certain things. And that's the side we've never seen of AK. Um, and, and, you know, it was great. But like hearing this man talk about his tenure um, as running the Bulls and like um, the initial rebuild that they did when they basically did what AK and Eversley have done, traded almost every asset uh, that had come into the team and completely rebuild the team in the first two years. You know, hearing them talk about Jay Williams and how they expected to be able to rebound from, uh, I mean, uh, build around him. And then, unfortunately, what happened there, you know, you kind of forget that because of like just how long uh, Paxson has, had run this team and everything. At least for me, I really did forget about like Jay Williams and that whole tragedy that happened. And really, you know, they were able to to continue building that team on the go even after that happened. And not a lot of teams do that. And don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that we should excuse what happened uh, with Paxson and Gar towards the end of their tenure. Not at all. I, I will I will maintain that that was. It was the way that they ran this team was horrible towards the end. You know, you would like to think they did the best they could in certain situations, but it just it just wasn't good. And, it, and the results weren't there. They really after the Derrick Rose injury that even though we had some years of, of still being playoff teams and still being tough outs and Jimmy Butler's ascension, we never really regained that footing of really being a contender again like it looked like we were uh, at the height of Derrick Rose's career. But coming out of that, like 
to hear him talk about, you know, even like the Eddie Curry thing and shipping him out and trying to help Eddie Curry get over certain things that he was dealing with and them realizing that he couldn't and even saying that they sent out the best player in the deal in the in the Jalen Rose deal like you you to me I took that as somebody who really is looking back at the time like look we did some really good things and it sucks that it ended so badly and we're, we're remembered for the bad things but they did do a lot of good he talked about the Jay Williams injury and then how they drafted Kurt Heinrich after then Ben Gordon Luau Dang even signing Nocioni in, in which he said um, Joe Kim Noah, hearing him talk about Joe Kim Noah and the hair thing and, you know, telling him that talking to his agent about his hair. And, and it also highlighted like how much influence Jerry still had on this team saying, you know, all right, if you guys want him, but we're going to have to get him to do something with his hair. Like that's not something that you would expect from a front office now or an NBA team. Like I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you don't want your players to to be kept well and presentable or not or stuff like that. That is fine to do and want from your team to have your team. But like, you just wouldn't hear like, oh, he's going to have to do something like you. You just wouldn't hear that nowadays, considering the the climate and everything that we lived in. But hearing him, Paxson, like I said, talk about this, it was it, it just reminded me. Right. It reminded me and took me through because as much as I have been a Bulls fan all my life, I was born in 86. And, you know, I was alive during the height of the of the second three Pete and and everything with Jordan's career. But I wasn't really as huge as a basketball fan as I was. The baby Bulls were like my first coming into teenage and adult years of really loving this team and this team being mine and of course that Derrick Rose era and then the Jimmy Butler era, era were both you know at my adulthood and and pretty much Paxson has run this team from up until like my whole adult life basically when you looked at it um and so you know it took me through me through those memories and you know while yes we haven't won a title we've probably only had two maybe three teams that they were considered really really contenders possibly to win a title and that was during that height of the Derrick Rose career in that time but they really did some good building with this team over the years and I know that you know they've they've had a lot of misses right the Tyrus Thomas one is, is a miss that you can look at um uh trying to think of some other ones of course there were other ones as well there there were misses that they did in the drafts where in hindsight you could think hey had they did this, maybe we could have won a title. But a lot of those things as well is we probably wouldn't have had Derrick Rose if some of these things wouldn't have been done. Overall, Paxson was able to put this team and take this team from, you know, being at its its low, really, after the Jordan era um, to bring making us back to a contender. And while we didn't get a lot of marquee free agents, they the way that they built these teams, uh, when you look at it, from going to from a what was it, like a 23, 27 win team to the next year winning like 43 to 45 games and then us continuing to ascend there for a while. And I know we were stuck at like 41 wins. We had 41 and 41 the year before we drafted Derrick Rose. Um, And it's easy as a fan. And when you love a team, when you love, truly, truly love um, a franchise for what it is, and you're not like a fair weather fan, you don't just come in and out depending on if the team's good or not. It's easy just to remember the bad. And I, and I don't want to like, I, I, I know that the, the Paxton interview is going to get a lot of hate and I don't mean, and I'm not trying to be counter programming to that. It's just like, for me again, because I, I, I was a kid, a very small child during the Jordan era. And while I know how important that team was, and I remember that, that second three Pete, like it was yesterday watching those games with my dad. The Bulls team didn't really, that was me. That was me as a watching the game with my dad, right? And and loving my dad's team. It was the baby Bulls era where this team became my team and the team that I later on when Derrick Rose was playing that I now shared with my son and 
you know, uh, my son becoming a Chicago, my daughter being a Chicago Bulls fan. Like these are things that I've shared with them. And looking at it now, like my son's 15, my daughter's 13. This era is probably going to be the first era that they really, in their own fandom, remember the Chicago Bulls and whatever happens going into this. So, you know, Paxson had a lot of misses. He did. And like I said, I don't want to romanticize his tenure as being all good. But when you really look at like the totality of not just to critique him for the for the misses, but also to look at the hits and some of the things that he were able to build without a superstar. I don't think we had a superstar on this team until Derrick Rose. We've had one, you know, Jimmy Butler as well, even though he's gotten even better since he left. But we really didn't have superstars on this team for the majority of Paxton's run. And they were able to put out competitive, tough basketball teams. And that's kind of what you want to see. Now, you know, hearing hearing Paxton talk about um, AK and them coming in and like being able, you know, sometimes be a bouncing board for AK and to see the excitement of this franchise and to say that, you know, we did get Stella as a front office for him and Gar. Like I said, that's the part that I don't take as revisionist history. Um, and it's and it's hard while you're still in something and continue and you know you draft these players, you have a relationship with these players, you you want and you see their career for what you thought it was going to project to to kind of separate yourself from that. And him having now that time away where he's not running the team and to look at what this new front office is doing and coming in and making these moves and really completely turning over this team and this roster, you know, you, you're able to sit back and think, okay, yeah. And and we probably wouldn't have made these moves because of X, Y, Z reason. And that's how I looked at it. Um, listening to this podcast <sighs> to say that Gar and Paxton got stale is an understatement. Um, I think that as the NBA, NBA changes so much, um, really like every, every five years, when you look at how long he was in this position, um, it, it makes sense that he got still and it made sense that a change needed to be made and you know hats off to him for realizing it right and stepping down or whatever because i'm sure had just the with the relationship he has with the Reinsdorfs, if he wanted to stay on he probably could have and you know it's good that he was able to get out of the way of the franchise for the betterment of the franchise and, you know you've been heard stacy talk on the podcast about how um you know he it, it, it for his teammates, it kind of hurts for them, or they say like some of the critiques that come against Paxson, and, and they know that he loves this franchise. And I don't, I don't ever have like, Gar. I've never really, I don't know much about Gar. I'd never really felt connected to Gar. To me, it was still always Paxson running the team. I know Gar had power too as well, but you, you, I don't doubt that Gar Foreman loves the Chicago Bulls, that he loves this franchise, that he loved a lot of the players that he drafted as well. But sometimes you can hurt what you love. You can hurt what what you love by being too attached to it, and you know, um, and that's what I. I think it ended up happening here you know gar foreman just seems like a dickhead to me uh paxton <laughs> paxton to me is like it, it's probably it's great that he stepped away and, and it obviously worked for this franchise it worked for our future everything looks so much brighter at this point um and it was it was just an interesting listen it was a great time to listen and hear him talk about that and even sharing stories with michael of like them being on a team together before either of them were pros and they actually shared a room and you know him saying he didn't know Michael as well, but one thing that they did know about Michael is that he expected his teammates to work and greatness out of the teammates. And you know, when players share stories of Jordan, it's always going to be something that we love to hear and get that insight on Michael as a competitor. But at this point, we all know he's probably he's the greatest competitor of all time in everything, everything, not just basketball. The man was competitive in every goddamn thing that he did. Um, but yeah, you know, let me know what you guys think about the Pax thing. And like I said, I understand why a lot of the backlash is coming from this uh, because of like, you know, it, it sucks to hear somebody, you know, try to talk about things and put a positive spin on it or whatever else um, after they really ran, you know, 
this team into the ground in many people's opinions. But outside of that, I really do think that they they did uh, Paxton really did a lot of good for this franchise. Um, even bringing in Skiles, Thibodeau, um, you know, and even Vinny Del Negro to a degree. Like I think Vinny Del Negro was a great coach to have as you were trying to see what you had in Derek. And you still had a fairly young team before, like they were really contenders. That you know, I I can see a lot of that. Um, and like I said, the misses, the misses, everybody's going to talk about the misses go on and on and on. Like the draft misses, especially towards the back half of really Paxton's run. It was just seemed like we never quite got what we wanted um, out of out of most of the players that we drafted. You guys remember Marcus Teague, right? You remember Marcus Teague? You remember like that whole like push for him to start that year that Derek wasn't and people were like, well, why don't they put Teague on the floor? He can he can do some. You remember that? You remember that? Um <laughs> um as well as the Doug McDermott trade oh god they just they really did something look at like who was drafted after look hell look at who we traded for Doug McDermott Had we just kept those two picks we're looking at a drastically different uh run for this roster and talent on this team but you know woulda coulda shoulda um you can all day and you can really do that with any GM some to a lesser degree uh admittedly but really just if you focus on the misses and look at what could have done after you have that hindsight you can always see where a GM could have done better um or president of basketball operations but of course we all i think are pretty much as a fan base overall happy with who we have at running the front office now and you know we'll continue to hold them accountable as well and we'll see in 15 years if they get stellar or not so you know maybe having this conversation again and maybe my son taking over this podcast and having the same conversation i'm having right now of kind of fondly looking or whatever so you know we'll see how that goes but it's a great time to be a Bulls fan. Uh, by the way, and you know, I don't do a lot of the, I don't like to like plug myself. I want to keep this focus on the Bulls, but NBA 2K22 is actually releasing this upcoming Friday. Um, I'll be getting a day of release as I always do. If you want to play me online, uh, my PSN is the same as my Twitter ad. It's at, it's uh, C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. So you can add me on PSN. If you want to play 2K, I don't always play as the Bulls either, by the way. So like, if you're just interested or looking for some competition day one, um i'll do that it's been i I actually took a year off of playing online on nba i didn't play online at all with nba 2k21 um on the playstation 5 i just i think it was the pandemic and everything i just i kind of just wanted to and then the game wasn't the greatest to me um but you know they look to have made a lot of improvements with nba 2k22 it's still a bit off-putting that they haven't like released actual like gameplay footage at all and we're four days away from the release of the goddamn game but i'll hold that back I'll hold that back. Um, yeah, but let me know what else you guys are thinking about the Bulls. Let me know what you think about the Paxson interview. Uh, what what was said, what he said, you know, did hearing him talk about it kind of remind you of, of you know, just them really building that team from almost a nothing team to a, a we went from nothing to a, a team that was tough and like not that teams hated playing against us, but we were competitive every night we played against people to a playoff team to a you know a, a, a tough out in the playoffs to a contender and then all the way back down on the other side of that slope so let me know what you guys think about that i appreciate all the support we passed um 150 watched hours on youtube uh just a couple of days ago and that's crazy to me to be this this uh this platform's been around less than a month well the the chicago bull central has been around less than a month you guys have really um been supporting and enjoying and and watching the podcast and i appreciate it leave leave comments uh down below make sure you like the video if you like it also subscribe it definitely helps us grow and we want to keep growing this platform you know i said on the last one i'll be adding a discord in here shortly i will be adding discord uh to the platform as well 
uh, so we can have those conversations about the Bulls. Or if there's a another Bulls Discord or whatever uh, going on, I could just join that one rather than you know have have our fandom even more split up on where to go. So let me know about those things. But this has been another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You can follow us at uh, Bulls Central Pod on Twitter. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Go Bulls. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.